We interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. Super Koopa? <laughs> you gotta be kidding! Hey, it's cool here if you don't know, and welcome to another episode of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM in Halifax. How's everybody doing? It is the 1st of May, 1st of May, and outdoor things have been postponed to a later date. Uh, but um, we're still here, we're still doing the show, and we're still going to be looking at what's new over at lowbiasgaming.net. Because that's the thing that we do, and that's the thing that I do anyway. A bunch of Jason's stuff has been um, re-uploaded to his own channel and reposted here to the website. But of the new things that were posted in the last couple of weeks, we have off. We have um, three new episodes of that, and I think that's the end of it. If I'm not mistaken, we have four new episodes of um, Minecraft, and I think, yeah, Final Fantasy VIII, there are, I think, two new episodes of that. Um, that's also been re-uploaded to his own channel, so there are technically 61 episodes of that, but um, oh, 62, something like that. But two of them are new since, you know, the last couple of weeks, so that's the important thing. New soundtracks! We have Bad Dudes, Balloon Fight, Bard's Tale, and Batman Return of the Joker. Um, so that's what's going on over there, so let's get to some music and let's get to some archives. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. That song was by Sekezo Oyama and Ryoe Takagi, and it is the theme song of today's game from the archives. Get ready for fast-paced block-clearing action, Kirby style. Kirby takes center stage in this frenzied block-clearing free-for-all. Use the paddles on all four sides of the screen to bounce Kirby around and destroy the blocks and enemies. By destroying the blocks, you clear stages and obtain special power-ups that will aid you in your quest. Establish the highest score on each stage to open up the final level and face Kirby's nemesis, King DDD. With multiple abilities, screens, and stages, this game is sure to put your skills to the test. And uh, that is the back of the box for Kirby's Block Balls, an arcade game for the Game Boy developed by TOS, uh, published by Nintendo and released in 1996. One of the few Kirby games that was actually not developed by HAL Labs. So that's kind of interesting. But for, for the fact that they were developed by a different company, I would say that, they, uh, that this game has some of the best music on the Game Boy. The soundtrack is available on lowbiasgaming.net, as well as the three videos that I did during Kirby's All-Star Legend. So uh, yeah, stuff to check out for you.
That was Sardonyx with The Kids Aren't Alright Chip Dune, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And speaking of weird, it is of course time for the news of the weird. And as uh, I've been doing for the last month or so, I have a guest from this point on. This time it's not so much a new guest, but certainly a welcome one. Hey guys, it's Zero here again. Hello. Are you ready for... No, not, not a problem at all. You ready for the news? I'm ready. It's probably it's probably mostly going to be COVID-19, but uh, hopefully that there is one story called not COVID-19. So at least there's oh, that. that. <laughs> oh, that's what it's called. <laughs> all right. So as usual, I do not read these stories ahead of time, and some of these may not jive well with all audiences, but they have been scanned for objectionable content. This segment is about 15 to 17 minutes long with a guest, so take that as you will. Our lead story for today, police report. Early on the morning of April 15th, an unidentified driver smashed his yellow Mustang into a fence in unincorporated Marin County, California, KPEX reported. California Highway Patrol Officer Andrew Barkley later recounted what followed. The driver tried to back out of the fence, but failed to realize he was in drive and crashed through a home instead. The homeowner came out to investigate and, noting the driver's impaired state, removed the keys from the Mustang and returned inside to call police. The driver then discovered the keys inside the homeowner's Toyota and tried to make his getaway, Barkley said. <clears throat> Excuse me. But he shifted the car into drive and barreled through the house once more, coming to rest alongside his Mustang. When the homeowner again tried to take the keys away, the driver allegedly hit him repeatedly, causing major injuries. CHP arrested the driver for suspicion of DUI involving drugs, battery, and theft of a vehicle. Oh, I, I wish we had webcams so you could see the face I'm making and my... <laughs> I'm just clutching my head in shock. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? Oh, it's it's the worst thing ever, and it happened twice back to back. So nice it happened twice. Oh, but that wasn't nice at all. That's so terrible. You know, I actually have a legitimate fear of that just randomly happening, like to me, just someone oh. just drives through. You know, what do you do? You can't you can't see that coming. You can't prepare for that. You can't protect yourself. You don't expect someone to crash through your house, let yeah, alone exactly. once or twice. <laughs> Oh, the poor homeowner. Right? It's like, wow. Alright, well, uh, in any case, let's let's move on to the next one. Yes, let's hope it's not as brutal as the first. Okay. <laughs> so this one, Bright Ideas. Many hospital workers are self-isolating to keep their families safe from COVID-19 exposure, but Corpus Christi, Texas, emergency room doctor Jason Barnes, 39, is taking a novel approach. He's moved into his kid's treehouse in his backyard. <laughs> Barnes told the Caller Times on April 20 that he's lived in the treehouse for about three weeks. If he needs something, he'll shout down to the kids or call the house. The Wi-Fi reached the treehouse, so I have my laptop and my own little command center here, Barnes said. He uses a camping toilet with disposable bags, and he either showers at the hospital or my oldest son will bring up a water hose. Luckily, my fence is pretty tall. As for when he can re-enter the house, Barnes said, we're always looking at the CDC and government Governor Greg Abbott's decision, but the final determinator is the wife. That kind of reminds me of an episode of The Simpsons. Uh, it <laughs> was def that? definitely wasn't the same context, but it was the same idea of Homer living in Bart's treehouse. Oh, you know, and I, I guess this makes sense. Uh, for a minute, I question, like, wait, why is he the only one? But he's the hospital worker, so, again, to keep his family safe. I mean, it says so here. I guess that makes sense. Um, yeah. Because I, I remember seeing a similar story of someone who was working, and he would just visit his family through, like, the sliding glass door at his home. He would kind of just walk up to it. You know, they could talk and touch the glass, but he wouldn't actually come in because he wanted to keep his family safe. But, yeah. wow. Sign of the times. 
Hopefully we can hopefully we can be over this soon, but right now who knows? Since nobody really knows at this point, we're kind of just playing it by ear as we go. Yeah. Here's another bright idea. Uh, the Washington Examiner reported on April 21st that some people appear to be spending their coronavirus stimulus checks on another kind of stimulation. For anyone in Canada, that's the $1,200 that, that, that uh, U.S. residents are all getting. Of most of them. Uh, the adult live model ca uh, site cams.com says it has seen a surge in traffic. Since April 13th, we've seen a 22% uptick to our live streaming site, and tips to our models have increased by 40%, said Gunnar Taylor, uh, Director of Strategic Development for FriendFinder Networks, of which cams.com is a part. Traffic from Washington State is up 204%, and it's up 83% in Illinois, but it's down in Washington, D.C. by 29%. Hmm. I wonder why it's down in Washington, D.C., but up everywhere else. Uh... I we mean, I, we, we, <laughs> could, we could start making assumptions, but this is a 5 p.m. show. So um, maybe yeah, let's not touch that. But that's so that's I mean, ultimately they can do whatever they want with their stimulus checks. I personally have just banked mine and just I'm holding on to it so that it's just a bigger buffer just in case. Yeah. But I, it's not surprising. I mean, a lot of internet things in general, just internet traffic is up. A lot more people at home they're on the internet, playing games, watching Netflix. It's just it's up everywhere. This kind of highlights the importance of the internet in this day and age. Yeah, imagine if we didn't have the internet, especially yeah. to this level. Like if we had only dial-up internet. You know, <laughs> oh, jeez. That wouldn't cut it in, in this day and age. We have fast, good internet that's widely available. Not everywhere, not 100%, but certainly much more available than back in oh, those days. Sure. Oh, yes. The world is connected, and there is nothing anyone can do about it. <laughs> right, you can't get away from it. <laughs> Our next story. Uh, let's see. Um, the entrepreneurial spirit. At the yes. Peace and Pete farm in Indian Trail, North Carolina, owners Francie and Mark Dunlap have launched a new career for their eight-year-old mini donkey, Mambo, and their other horses. For $50, Mambo, Eddie, Zeus, or other animals will make a 10-minute guest appearance to liven up your next video conference, the Charlotte Observer reported. You can even give the four-legged interloper the on-screen name of a regular attendee. For instance, Zeus might become Paul, the guy who asks too many questions. The Dunlaps also arrange for their animals to visit classrooms or happy hours. What? <laughs> <laughs> More power to them. It's they're they're doing a they're doing us a service, and if they can liven up someone's video conference and make someone laugh or smile for a few minutes, go for it. Yeah. It is weird though. Yeah, that just th this is pretty much peak news of the weird right here. <laughs> oh boy, Mi mini donkeys and horses. Just... There there is a wedding suddenly donkey um there you go I, I, i'm sure somebody has made use of that i'm sure someone has paid for this oh yes J just for the very novelty of the idea as long as the animals are being treated you know kindly then that's not a problem at all all right uh next story reports of my death they are greatly exaggerated uh, cancer patient Gladys Rodriguez Duarte, uh, 50, was rushed to a clinic in Coronel uh, Oviedo, Paraguay on April 11th after her blood pressure shot up, according to the Paraguay National Police. Two hours later, Dr. Herberto Vera declared her dead and shared the news with Duarte's family, uh, probably Duarte actually, uh, but her daughter Sandra later told local media he assumed she was dead, and they disconnected her and passed her off to the funeral home. The Daily Mail reported that funeral directors told investigators they were shocked to find that she was breathing and moving around inside the body bag at the funeral home. Duarte was immediately transferred to another hospital for observation. That sounds terrifying. 
absolutely terrifying. I mean, <laughs> I always think, how can that happen? But I, it, it, there's proof of it right here. Yeah, it's still happening. It's 2020 and it's still happening. Because at least in this case, um, she was moving around in just the body bag as opposed to in a casket. Exactly, because, yes. Yeah, that's I know what I it's a legitimate fear for some people of waking up in a casket and you can't get out. And especially for people who are claustrophobic or anything like that, mm -hmm. that's got to be absolutely terrifying. Yeah, for sure. Wow. <laughs> wow, wow says it all right there. <laughs> Pretty much. All, all right. right. Let's see. Uh, next story, the continuing crisis. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce this. Guaga? Giagua? Giagua? I don't know. Giagua County, Ohio, Sheriff Scott Hildenbrand told WJW his office was called to break up a large party of Amish late on April 18 in Huntsburg Township. When we got there, there was a barn full of people and some of them ran, he said. One partier was arrested for disorderly conduct Two were charged for underage drinking, and another was issued a summons for violating the state's stay-at-home order, according to the sheriff. We won't tolerate this, Hildenbrand said, and we have to keep everybody safe. Amish people are reportedly continuing to gather in large groups, and the county health commissioner has sent a letter to Amish bishops about an increase in COVID-19 cases in that community. I mean, it's it's pretty much the entire Amish lifestyle. They're, they're going to assemble, like... It, it's there's really not much that can be done about that even if you tell them not to it's in their belief system and also i don't know too much about uh, amish people but aren't are they allowed to drink are underage or not is that allowed i don't know um i'm i'm so that's, that's, <laughs> that's kind of weird it's like they're just, they're just partying in a barn yeah that's Part of part of what happens in that community, I guess. I'm not. I I can't say for sure. I have never been Amish myself, but from what I've seen, anyway. Maybe I should just move on and you know not further embarrass myself. <laughs> so our next story, not COVID-19. There have been a few stories that have been not COVID-19 in this set, and I'm happy about that. But this one definitely isn't, apparently. An unnamed 22-year-old Chinese woman, unnamed again, um, has spent the last 14 years trying to discover the cause of her persistent cough, which started uh, when she suffered a serious fit of coughing as a child, Oddity Central reported on April 22nd. Over the years, she has been mis misdiagnosed numerous times, but as she recently prepared for an unrelated surgery, the mystery was solved. Dr. Wang Jiyang at Guangzhou University of Chinese Medicine ordered CT scans that revealed a foreign object in her right lung that turned out to be a chicken bone fragment just over half an inch long. Doctors said she had probably inhaled it at eight years old when the coughing started. This, this one leaves me scratching my head. First of all, 14 years of coughing, that's that's insane for that to go on for that long. But I think even if it's only half an inch long, wouldn't they have done some kind of scan at some point, especially in somewhere like the lungs? And wouldn't they have found it way long ago? Yeah, it seems like something that would turn up in an x-ray at least. Yeah, something. Um, I mean, if, if it's coughing, one of the places you would clearly check is the lungs and I mean, I guess it could move around a little bit. Maybe it wouldn't have always been in the same place, but you'd think they'd find it somewhere. If, if the cough has been persistent this whole time, that means it's always been there somewhere. Yeah. Also, how do you inhale a chicken bone fragment? I guess... Well, may maybe when, when eating, a small piece of the bone was just in there. If, if it was just a tiny little bit and you just yeah. swallowed it. Man. Also, also, probably when she it says supposedly when she was eight years old. So, and kids eat all sorts of stuff. So, who knows? <laughs> Fourteen years. Wow. That's crazy. All right, moving on. Let's see. Ignorance was bliss. Uh, let's see. Elena 
Manigetti, Manigetti, and Ryan Osborne, formerly of Manchester, England, followed their dream and have been sailing around the world on their boat since 2017. They were en route from the Canary Islands to the Caribbean, where they planned to, where they planned to dock on a small island in mid-March, but were surprised to discover the island's borders were closed because of the worldwide pandemic. In February, we heard there was a virus in China, but we had figured by the time we got to the Caribbean in 25 days, it would be all over, Elena told the BBC. The couple had told friends and family they didn't want to hear any bad news, but Elena is from the hard-hit Lombardy region of Italy and has since caught up with her family. It is a very macabre picture at home. There are no more coffins, no more cemetery space. My family is thankfully safe, but people we've known for years have died, Elena said. The couple was eventually able to dock in St. Vincent, and they hope to head north before hurricane season starts in June. We're sandwiched between the hurricane season and the virus, Alina said. Huh. Wow, that's... <laughs> what a that The timing of that is just ridiculous. Yeah. That makes it's... me think of the, the those people that were on some cruise, the, the yeah. vacation cruise line or whatever, that were on there for, I don't the... even remember how long they were on there for. It was for, I feel like for forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, not much I, it's not much I can think to say about this one, personally. No, I would say it, at least they were finally able to dock somewhere, right? Yeah. As opposed to just being stuck out in the water for who knows how long. At least it wasn't Antarctica. <laughs> right. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Can you just being like stuck somewhere there? Oh boy. That would be the worst. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, our next story, numbers game. Doriana Fontanella contacted KDVR in Denver to report that she's been inundated with phone calls recently and she suspects she knows why. Uh, her mobile phone number is just one digit off Colorado's fax number for the Department of Labor and Employment, where people are trying to send applications for unemployment claims. There's a real need out there, and I needed to let people know that I'm not the one they want, Fontanella told the station's problem solvers team. I see on the news that they, they're saying they can't get any response from unemployment, and I think that's because they're not getting the right number. Ay, ay, ay. I've, I've, you know, I've worked in call centers and I've answered some calls that were just faxes trying to come in. What does that but, sound like? Well, when a fax is waiting for, like, when it's dialing in and waiting for a response, it just beeps occasionally. So it's not screeching yet. Okay, good. It's the, the fax that receives the call that starts the screeching. Okay. Well, this poor lady, though, that's that that sucks. Yeah. Well, I don't know. What, what do you do at that point? Do you just say, "Screw it, I need to change my number now"? Cause she's just gonna keep getting them. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. the The best that the best that you can really do, because it also the fact that it's facts. It's faxes oh. calling in, so you can't just tell them they have the wrong number. Right. Because there's probably nobody listening. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm not sure what you really do about that. Yeah, that's a bit of a conundrum. Alright, and our last story for today. Inexplicable. Ethan Palazzo, 30, of Collingswood, New Jersey, was arrested by police in Old Forge, who found him naked inside a local funeral home on April 11. According to a criminal complaint, Palazzo allegedly broke into the Thomas P. Kearney funeral, funeral home around 8 p.m., then rummaged through the facility's chemical closet and left a cold bottle of beer in a display casket. The citizen's voice reported Palazzo smelled of alcohol and declined to give police a motive for his trespassing. He was charged with burglary, criminal trespass, and criminal mischief. Okay. So he was naked, drunk, and in a local funeral home. <laughs> and left a bottle of beer in a, in a display casket. That definitely is inexplicable. Well, I, de alcohol definitely plays a part in this, so maybe there is there is no rhyme or reason to it other than just the fact that he was drunk. I'm trying to, 
either raise the roof or raise the dead, or possibly both. <laughs> or he just wanted to party. <laughs> Thought that'd be the best place to go to. Man, this party's so dead. <laughs> Alright, time for some music. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU, 88.1 FM Halifax. was Escape from Isolation SNES chiptune by Squeezy, aka Metal Master. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU, 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU, 88.1 FM Halifax, and it is time for gaming next month. Well, technically this month, because it is the first day of May, so let's go take a look at the games that are coming out in May 2020, starting with the games coming out today. Uh, that would be Arcade Spirits, um, which features Jacob Burgess, um, Burgess? One of the two. Uh, one of the voice actors in the game. That's coming out for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch, as well as Zombie Army 4 Dead War for Google Stadia. 
May 5th, we have four new releases. We have Forza Street for iOS and Android, John Wick Hex for PlayStation 4, and Population Zero, as well as Someday You'll Return, both exclusive to the PC. May 7th, we have Lonely Mountains Downhill for the Switch, Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020 for iOS and Android. I'm surprised that they didn't postpone that to next year, but what are you going to do? Void Bastards is coming out for PlayStation 4 and Switch, and Wavy the Rocket is coming out for PC. May 12th, one new release, we have Star Wars Episode 1 Racer for the PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch. May 13th, two new releases, Deep Rock Galactic is coming out for the Xbox One and PC as well as Super Mega Baseball 3 for the PS4, Xbox One, Switch and PC. May 14th, we have three new releases, Best Friend Forever will be the first one on Switch, PC and Mac, followed by Ion Fury. Uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch, and Oddworld Munch's Odyssey for the Switch coming out on the 14th. I think Ion Fury is the one that's basically Girl Duke Nukem. Anyway, Those Who Remain is coming out on May 15th for the PlayStation 4. May 22nd we have three new releases, Maneater for the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. And for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC, we have Saints Row the Third Remastered and Sword Art Online, Alicization like Chorus. I hope I said that right. May 26th, we have Minecraft Dungeons for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. May 28th, we have Dungeon Defenders Awaken for the PC and Ninjala for the Switch. May 29th was going to be the last day here. Bioshock the Collection, Borderlands Legendary Collection, XCOM 2, and Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition all are coming out for the Switch on that day. So that is currently the list of releases for the month of May 2020. You can of course check this uh, list that is updated regularly at GameInformer.com slash 2020. And uh, yeah, let's get to some more music. You're listening, you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Alphax. <laughs>
was Rob One with Océan Profond, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. I'm Coolio, if you don't know, and I am still being joined by... It's Zero. And it is time for the dialogue box, in which we shall talk about just various random things, um, sometimes on a certain topic, and today we do have kind of a topic. Um, I kind of want to talk about games that we like to pick up every so often. Not really any sort of schedule to it, just feel like playing this game again, so we're going to play this game again. Uh, why don't you start? So, when you asked me about this, the very first thing that immediately came to mind was, for me, Diablo 2, hands oh, down. Yes. <laughs> it came, I, I had to look it up. It came out in 2000, which is right around when I started high school. So, literally my life for all of high school, for the most part, composed of wake up in the morning, go to school, hang out with my friends and talk about Diablo. <laughs> end the day with, all right, see you online, go home, hop on Diablo 2, pretty much until bedtime, rinse and repeat and just do that every day of high school. And then go to sleep and dream of Diablo 2. And dream about it. It was 24-7 <laughs> Diablo. We were obsessed with the game. We we loved playing the first one and when the second one came out, it was just bigger and better and we played so much of that and it's been 20 years now since it came out and we still always come back to that game. Usually every maybe two to three years, we'll get that urge. And I know that Diablo 3 is out. We've played it before, but mm. we don't really care to ever go back to that. We want to play Diablo 2 again. So that's what <laughs> we do. Usually it starts with one of us. They try to get the other guys to install it. One joins them. And then by the end of it, we're all back playing it again, at least for a while. you know. And, and what's kind of interesting about Diablo 2 is the fact that the last patch that they released for it, which was well after it was released, um, was basically to support later versions of Windows. Yeah, that's kind of the crazy thing. They continued to support that game for so long. At yeah. one point, there was even an actual patch with actual content that got added. Way after it had been launched and, and like kind of moved on, we were just, it was one of the reasons why around that time we hopped back into the game. It's like, dude, they released like a patch for the game. It's like, what? The last one was how many years ago? And, so it's one reason or another we always come back to play even if it's only for short burst it's it's it has to be the most consistent thing we've come back to yeah there there's i'm sure there's still some content that i haven't seen in that game like i, I know that there are some areas that can only be accessed uh if you're playing online and only at certain times i think yeah there's certain ones um I can't remember what they called the Woldstone event or the Diablo event. I can't remember. There's I think Pandemonium there was, Fortress, eh? Uh, Pandemonium something. Right. It's it, it, you would have to just you be in a game uh, like um, hell difficulty, and it just had it. I can't remember exactly how it was randomized, but you'd get a message in game saying I think like Diablo walks the earth or something like that. I forget exactly, and you would have to go find his spawn. And I remember we, at one point, we tried to get it to spawn in ours. We all went into different games and we would just leave it on <laughs> and hope that it would spawn in ours. There was kind of some tricks to figure out if you were in a game that was eligible or not. We never got to spawn once, but we, we tried. We tried a lot. <laughs> yeah, they, they do have some, uh, some interesting, uh, just super low quality, uh, not quality, super low frequency events that's going to be like it's going to be a long time before you've seen everything in that game and diablo 3 really does the same too i, I realize it doesn't have the same you know place in people's hearts as diablo 2 but it's it does that thing as well yeah for me diablo 3 there were parts of it I liked, some stuff, maybe not so much. They did improve things. The launch of D3 is very different from how the game is now, by far. Mm -hmm. They've changed a lot with it. They've made a lot of improvements, and I'll give them that. But 
I think the biggest thing for me was just the the way the loot system worked. It was too much RNG, too much randomness. You yeah. had to roll the perfect stats for this and that, and it had to all line up. Or for all intents and purposes, the gear was kind of useless. If you really wanted to push the the difficulties, you needed the, the right gear, and it had to just be perfect. And then just they just started stacking on new randomizations on top of it. You had the the ancient version of this one, which is it's the same. It's just the numbers are bigger. <laughs> now you have to get that number to drop. Have it drop ancient. Uh, if, I forget if that's the term actually, but and and then it still has to roll the right stats. And it just ah, it kind of turned us off to it in some ways. Um, I mean, I mean the you do have is pretty fun, but you do have reforging though. You do have that. So they they did add some things that give you some control, which definitely helps. But at the end of the day, it just it just kind of got so hard to where you eventually kind of max out, and it's really hard to upgrade your yeah. gear besides just grinding for that one perfect drop to finally happen. And I don't know. I, I think if you maybe don't take the game as serious um, and you kind of just play and have fun with it, um, it, it it's all right. It, it's the combat is fun. I will at least say that I I did enjoy mm, the yeah. combat, um, and it does look nice. Sometimes the visuals are a little flashy, too much for my eyes to handle, but. Um, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say it's a bad game, but at, at the end of the day, whenever we have to decide between two or three, we just always choose two. Maybe a yeah. little bit out of nostalgia, but I don't know. Something about it we just keep coming back to. Oftentimes we wear, we wear rose-colored glasses when looking back, but sometimes uh, they're, they're not so rose, they're just... I'm not really sure where I'm going with that. Well, but I, I know what you mean. I, I and I know I'm definitely partial to certain games, and maybe by today's standards, or even back then, maybe they weren't that great. But I just have a particular fondness for them, so I'll, I'll never look down on them even now. I, I can objectively say maybe yeah, that game wasn't so great, but for me, it's like the nostalgia will take over, and I know it does. And I just I just let it take over. I don't mm-hmm. care. Um, one game that uh, that I want to bring up, uh, this one game that I've been playing recently is kind of what gave me the idea to uh, bring up this subject was um, Xenoblade Chronicles Cross. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any part of that game. That one in particular, no. I I know very, I know very little of the Xeno series, but uh, I've seen a, a little bit. Well, Xenoblade Chronicles Cross is. Uh, it's very different from Xenoblade 1 and 2 in that it's kind of geared toward online play. That you know, you can still play offline, that's perfectly fine, but there's a lot of online features and it really kind of feels like an MMO. Um, and around that time, I had kind of stopped playing World of Warcraft and felt kind of an itch for that sort of gameplay without getting mired in that same game again. And Xenoblade Cross really kind of scratched that itch. Because it, it feels like an MMO without really quite being one. Um, I've My original playthrough I spent about 400 hours in it. And I, then I started playing through it again just recently, uh, and I've probably spent at least 120. Um, That's a lot of hours. Yeah. I could 500 hours in a game, and I, I, I can do that too for certain ones, but that, that's a lot of time to invest in it, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's especially for the type of game that it is. I mean, you were talking about Diablo 2. I'm sure you've spent thousands upon thousands of hours in that game at this point, but that's a different type of game. Um, then you get the, the open world type of games, such as Xenoblade Cross, the entire Xenoblade series, uh, Oblivion, like Elder Scrolls in general. Um, those are big time sinks oh yeah big big worlds big games the, the kind of games i i can't really play now i can't commit myself to that much time and that's so anything mmo sometimes i get an itch for that but i just know i can't i can't do it i just don't have the time not like i used to yeah i definitely understand that and 
that that's kind of that's kind of the the niche that I feel Xenoblade Cross kind of fills for feeling like an MMO but not really being. I I, I know I keep repeating the same thing over and over again. That's how my brain works. <laughs> I can understand that though. That because MMOs are, are are fun, but they are time sinks and yes. Yeah, it's it, you, and you mentioned WoW. I mean, that's one of the longest running ones, one of the biggest ones, you know, ever. And I know very well you can sink your whole life into that. Oh, for sure. And no signs of that stopping anytime soon, especially, <laughs> especially with the entire world being stuck in their homes right now. That's actually I wonder. I wonder if WoW subscriptions are up. I haven't heard anything about them. If, if they saw an uptick in uh, the player base. I don't know. Hmm. Something that uh, something that our viewers can uh, determine for themselves because I am too lazy to go check right now. <laughs> um, how about another game? Uh, another one for me is uh, kind of between the two. Um, Resident Evil 4 and 5. 5, I play, I've played it several times with a buddy of mine. I actually did a recording for my channel. Um, we did a playthrough on Professional. Um, we always come back to that one. We've played five and six together, but we don't really care as much for six. We've gone back to five several times over. We've done it on the actual PlayStation. We've done it on Steam. And it's usually him. He, he's the one that initiates, like, I want to kind of play it again. So I say, ah, okay, you know, we'll, we'll go through play it again. It's it's fun. It's a co-op <laughs> game. So even though we know the game, I think it being co-op, it always makes it uh, easily replayable. We usually try to throw... Um, different things into to try to mix it up maybe use different guns or we talked about maybe doing it again and maybe we'll throw some challenge like twists into it like some kind of restrictions to make it harder for us to give us a new experience with it um that's at least with him for for co-op the four i so for resident evil 4 i own it for the gamecube the original release i have the gamecube the ps2 version the wii version and on Steam. Wow. The only one I think I don't have is the 360, the Xbox 360 version, because I never owned a 360. Because if I had one, you bet I would buy it on there too. <laughs> I did play it at a friend's house though. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm obsessed with 4. It's the first one that I really played. I, I, I played little bits of the old ones. I mostly kind of helped my nephew years and years ago. But 4 was the one that really got me into it. and. I can play that game. I've played it several times over. I know the game like the back of my hand and someday I want to actually do a recording of it, but I've been kind of waiting because the PC version, there's a guy who's been working on an HD patch for the oh. game. He got a lot of progress done, um, but it's still not done yet. It's been several years, but he's, he's still working on it. So I've, I'm kind of holding out for that patch to finish and then maybe I'll do a playthrough of it. Um, I also did hear that with the Resident Evil remakes that have been happening, supposedly four is in the works to be remade, which really kind of makes me wonder. It's like, oh, well, do I play? Do I wait for the which HD one will come out first? Do I just play them both? I, I'll probably play them both. <laughs> Who am I kidding? <laughs> yeah, it's. I haven't, I haven't really gotten into the Resident Evil series myself. Um, I, I realized that being kind of detracted from the first game that came out that's not really a good example of the series uh, it's definitely evolved since then but it's also like survival horror is not really my genre yeah it's it's definitely changed um the first ones were definitely more about the actual survival horror aspect of it whereas later ones really starting with four onwards it became much more action oriented not that it's bad it's just it's different and um mm. i've seen some people dislike five and then even six and and um i know seven which i have not played myself i will hopefully someday i want to i want to play it on vr to be honest but seven went back more to actual horror i played the demo um which was amazing so <laughs> it, it definitely looked promising um i've only heard good things about the actual game itself but yeah like you said it's definitely evolved it's it's not the same as it as it was um yeah. So it, it really depends. Like, well, do you like Resident Evil? Well, maybe you only like the old ones. Or maybe you only like the new ones because you can't stand the old ones with the tank controls and the fixed cameras, you know? Yeah. And uh, one more that uh, we have time for right now. Uh, very little time. 
the uh, the Spyro trilogy, the original Spyro trilogy, the ones that are on the uh, the original PlayStation and also were reignited just recently. Um, that's one that I love to just go back and play through just every couple of years, pretty much. It's I don't know really what it is about it. I, there's like I I do like collectathon games in general, which is possibly a weird sentiment, but there there's just something about I guess the setting. I, I don't know if it's a setting or if it's the the characters. I, there's just some combination that's happening within those games. I can see that. I've only ever played the first Spyro, but I, I think I do have a little itch sometimes for a kind of collection game. Mm. And I I, I want to say I finally I, I did beat the first one, but maybe I didn't because I spent so much time trying to 100% it along the way that I just never got to it. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I mean, that you can you can definitely do that with the first game, but um, you can't really do that with the second or third because you get new abilities along the way and you need those abilities in later home worlds to go back to the earlier ones and get everything so if, if you try to torture yourself with that uh in the second and third games you're not gonna get anywhere yeah, that's probably what would happen to me. I can be somewhat of a completionist sometimes, depending on the game. Sometimes I gotta collect everything 100%, whereas other ones I don't care. I just want to go through the main game and that's fine. Yeah, like uh, is... every time I go back to replay Spyro, I need to 100% it. <laughs> and but yeah, the... I, I, this, the Spyro series I know is, is, is fun. I mean, I had fun with the first one. I never went, went beyond past it, but I was having a good time with it. Yeah. It's a good series of games, and I think everyone should check it out. Um, but uh, that's about the amount of time that we have for this, so we shall move on to some music here. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
and that was Mace Engine by Lewis Harvey. And that brings us to the end of this episode. I want to thank you guys for listening to this episode, and I want to thank Zero for being on the show once again. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, and where can people find you online? You can find me on YouTube, The Real Zero. Just replace the E in Zero with a three, and you'll find me. Alright, and that will of course also be in the show notes. And he also has a Twitch channel by the same name. Yes. Alright. So, time to end this the way that we always do. Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Leftovers podcast by Jason Barton of Low Bias Gaming, lowbiasgaming.net. News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McNeil Syndication, newsoftheweird.com. Gaming Next Month is powered by Game Informer, gameinformer.com. Segment music composed by myself, Manama Namiki, Noriyuki Kimikura, Twilight of Defect, Sean Daly, Yako Viltanen, and Commissar. Stay tuned for the astrology show coming up next on CKDU, followed by The Witching Hour at 7pm, and press start to continue at 8.30. Comments, questions, want your chiptunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch on Twitter at squaresim, S-Y-M. Uh, you can also leave feedback on ckdu.ca, click on Shows, find Square Wave Symphony, and click on Leave Feedback. There's also a podcast version of this show. It's available on blowbiasgaming.net slash squaresim, or just search for Square Wave Symphony, Square Wave is one word, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or TuneIn Radio, or most of the podcast things out there. This has been Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Collier, if you don't know, along with... Zero. And I'll see you guys next time.